Next up, the Dark Lord of the Left. Come to the left side. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrea Horvath, leader of the NDP, is with us. Hi, Andrea. Hi, I'd call myself the bright lord of the left. (laughs) (laughs) Not dark. (laughs) Uh, Ontario, I am your leader, says Andrea Horvath, or at least hopes to be. Uh, Andrea, let's start with the appointment of a new OPP commissioner very quickly on the heels of Ron Tavener removing his name for consideration. Do you have concerns about the process here? Well, I mean, I first of all want to congratulate uh, Mr. Karik on his uh, appointment and wish him the best of luck. I haven't met the man before, so I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, we, we really would have liked to see some transparency on how we got here. So it would be, I think, appropriate uh, for the government to give us more information. Um, you know, having said that, we know that the the premier has had a penchant of meddling into the OPP and wanted to install his friends. So we still think that that was wrong and that we need to get to a public inquiry underway uh, to, you know, give the public the details on what went on there. But Deputy Chief Carrick said firmly yesterday that he's never met the Premier, has no relationship whatsoever yeah. with the Ford family. Do you no, take absolutely. him at his word? I-, I take him at his word. I mean, it's uh, best to kind of start on a, on a positive foot here, but it, it doesn't, I think, you know, take away from the fact that the government should be more transparent in the way that it comes up with their appointments. Uh, Deputy Chief Curry did not apply for the job the first time around, and from everything I heard from him yesterday, seemed to be somewhat shocked to hear that he got the call. So I, I guess my question is, if we went through an entire process of interviews and, you know, first round and second round, why didn't we do it the second time? Well, I mean, that's the question I have as well. Uh, and again, I, I don't know that the government has given us any explanation for that. Um, and, and I'm not at all putting any, uh, you know, casting any aspersions on Mr. Karik. As you said, well, everything that we see, uh, he would have been qualified for the initial posting. Uh, he's got a great reputation. He doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, close family friends. Uh, close family family friend or in any way acquainted with the Ford family, which is a good thing. Um, and so we're, you know, we're taking all of that at face value, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't relieve the government of a responsibility to tell the public how it is that they got to this uh, decision and, and this particular candidate as being the new commissioner. I take uh, I take notice of you a number of times going out of your way to be supportive of Deputy Chief Karik. Um, is that because you have been stung by accusations of politicizing the process and attacking Ron Tavener? No, not at all. In fact, I didn't really ever attack Ron Tavener. What I attacked was his choice of friends, which is Mr. Ford, quite frankly. Um, uh, having said that, look, I mean, it looks as though this fellow is uh, above reproach when it comes to his personal relationships with Mr. Ford, which was always the big issue uh, with Mr. Tavener, along with uh, the, uh, the, the meddling that Mr. Ford did in the process. Now, there still is our questions around, uh, around Mr. Karik and the extent to which, um, you know, there has been any kind of process whatsoever in his appointment. Uh, and, and we still, I think, deserve answers from, them, from the government. But that's got nothing to do with Mr. Karik and his, uh, his apparent qualifications and reputation. You agree that the OPP commissioner job is a political appointment and the, the cabinet has the authority to appoint that person? 
Uh, well, I mean, there's no doubt that the uh, order and counsel needs to come from the government. The, the issue becomes the extent to which the government understands that that's a, a functionary duty and, and does not mean that the government needs to be meddling in the day-to-day operations and decision-making of the OPP. But on, and I, but don't on think, the, I don't think Mr. Ford understands that, uh, and uh, that's the problem. But on the higher level, you agree that this is a political appointment carried out by Cabinet? Well, again, yeah, that's the way that it works. You can't have one of those people appointed without an order in council. But that, again, I think uh, the problem that we had is that the government, or particularly the premier, um, you know, seemed to think it was his, um, you know, open door to tell the OPP what to do and not to do and put his best friend into that position. Uh, those things are no-nos. And, you know, an order in council, uh, you know, sanctioning of the appointee doesn't mean that you then, you know, start meddling in the affairs of the OPP. If you wanted a custom van, what would you have in it? Would you get a a (laughs) Blu-ray DVD player in there? What would be the top things that Andrea Horvath would want in a customized van? I think I'd be looking for an electric vehicle. (laughs) That's what I'd be looking for. Oh, so lefty. Oh, boy. Let's hug the planet. Uh, But I want to transition to the other announcement uh, that came this morning, and that is of a coming ban on cell phones for students in Ontario classes. Your reaction to that? Well, you know, I I think it's clear that many school boards have already done that, and, you know, teachers have a pretty good handle on what goes on in their classrooms, and so we think that they, they are, you know, good arbiters of these things. And having said that, the government said it's not even going to be enforced, so I'm not really sure what's changing here. Uh, but again, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to the idea. It's just that uh, you know, if if the government thinks it's necessary, notwithstanding the fact that in most cases there's already some policy in that regard at the school board level, that's fine. I mean, again, I, I don't understand how a policy like this gets implemented uh, when the government says straight up they're not even going to enforce it. But they, but they <laughs> say that the school boards will have to enforce it, but that they will come up with an overriding policy that would sure. be high level. Sure, sure. And again, I mean, I think this is the direction boards have been going in already. Uh, so again, no problem there. How about a ban on cell phones for MPPs in the House during question period? You know, that's a, that's a really good point, and it's something that actually we talk about at our caucus meetings without giving out caucus confidentiality uh, from time to time. It's, it's the necessity to pay attention to the debate, to listen to what's going on, to make sure that you're, um, you know, supporting your colleagues when they're up giving questions or when they're up debating. And so yeah, it, it's certainly an issue that we've seen happening, and I think particularly when people are, are watching in the legislative chamber and see that MPPs are more focused on their cell phones. Now, now, you know, notwithstanding that, there are times when I get urgent messages when something, you know, urgent is happening that I need the information for question period. Uh, so I would say that I'm guilty from time to time of doing that myself. But I think it's a matter of respect and, um, you know, dignity in the House to try to curb that uh, behavior. Andrea Horvath is the leader of the Ontario NDP. She strikes fear into the heart of Ford Nation. Andrea, always great to talk to you. Uh, Enjoy the rest of Constituency Week. We'll see you back at the park next week. Okay, thank you. Do the same. Bye-bye.